extra strong Roman concrete. Fully hydraulic. Ice. connections. It's the engineering podcast. Welcome to the special edition version of the structural engineering podcast. The morning cup of Joe. <laughs> the morning cup with Max and Zach. The morning cup with Max and Zach. Espresso if you're Zach. Absolutely. Got to be efficient with my coffee. <laughs> Did I tell you I saw the tallest uh, multi-tier brace frame that I've ever seen the other day? No, at like, work? Um, yeah, yeah. At a secret building. It was a six-story, but there was no floor deck, but six-story multi-tier brace frame. It was absolutely gigantic. It was really cool. When was it built? Uh, 2016. I have a hunch. Oh. So I don't know if it falls within the... Uh, I mean, I guess it doesn't that extra you know, guidance on multi-tier brace frames. So I'm curious uh, if the out-of-plane bracing was considered. I bet it was. I think the engineers are pretty good on this thing. But uh, yeah. the last the last steel cool. seismic code had something in there. It wasn't a lot of direction, but yeah, I bet they I bet they had some thought on it. Yeah, I bet they did. It was impressive to see, though. Oh, definitely. All I, double double bay X's. Top that's awesome. It was huge. I think the Seattle Seahawks Training Center is a multi-tiered brace frame system with BRBs. They have a training center? Oh, yeah. It's all indoor. Well, I would hope it's indoor, but that's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> if it's outdoor, it's just a park. Exactly. It, well, it's just raining. It's true, too. Yeah, they've got like, it's like a zigzagging, you know, the brace to the left and then brace to the right, brace to the left, all single diagonals. Yeah, I I believe it's all BRBs. I I could be misspoken here, but pretty cool. Wow. Did you read the Structure Mag article on, is our seismic code good enough? I did not. Is this the drift? Ah, man, I was sure you would. I read Uh, the drift, I read the... I read the multi-tier brace frame. This is, is seismic oh. designed by the U.S. codes and standards deficient. What What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I, did you have a Did you have a a thought before you read this? Uh, yeah, and that is uh, well, <laughs> two thoughts. One, I don't think so, but um, I think uh, we probably would need to see a seismic event under a new code. Unfortunately. To really know, yeah. right? Most of these yeah. codes come out of looking at damage. Oh, completely. I think we've learned a lot from Chile. They've had a lot of earthquakes recently, and learned a lot, a lot about uh, concrete. I believe from that those earthquakes. Huh? Yeah. You I think we would construction down there? Yeah. You think? Yeah. I think they're having brittle failures, and there's some reinforcing things that they they determine. But you would think, like. I think Japan's got a lot of earthquakes. Um, oh, that's true. You think we learn a lot from that region? Maybe, maybe we are. You and I just aren't—we're <laughs> not aren't in the know of seismic code. But that's um, likely. It would be interesting to see if 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 that's kind of the methodology taken these days. Is oh, you know, earthquake happens. You know, this. I'm sure the science community is sharing information and yeah, going from there. I did. I don't know where this was article or just talking to someone, but talking about Japan and how they're just so much more aware of earthquake risk. And they were saying basically everyone in Japan has known someone or been in a large earthquake. And so it's just totally public knowledge that your buildings have to be designed 
um, you know, and and they're more uh, transparent with it. You know, like a damping system, whatever, is a cool thing to expose in a building or in braces and stuff. It's more likely to be hidden here. Did yeah, we talk about this or did I just? No, <laughs> no, no. Huh? Yeah, I think I think you're totally right. Yeah. Oh, you know what this was? This was an AS AISC Steel Profile podcast. Another oh. good podcast. Perhaps more professional, but there's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. No, they've yeah, AISC's done a great job with their podcast and interview some really, really, really good engineers and there's a lot to learn from there. And I think it's a good place to find a good mentor too. <laughs> if, you're, if you're lucky enough to, to Yeah, get... you'd be uh you'd be very lucky. I'm just calling the podcast my mentor. Yeah. That's, that's good enough. <laughs> oh yeah, it talks about in here concrete buildings with non-ductile lateral force resisting systems. That was something I, I believe has also been kind of more prevalent in Chile. Um mm changing things and earthquakes uh, the other the other place that has a lot of earthquakes is uh christ church, christ church. they have a lot or they just got wrecked they got wrecked that's yeah they had that big one and now they're rebuilding and apparently they're rebuilding to a level of seismic design that's uh it's quite quite cool that's neat i haven't yeah i haven't heard anything about the rebuild there apparently from the seismic one there was a, a new york times article about um preparedness uh i i didn't get oh, yeah. to all this article but um i gotta read that and they, they're basically it sounds like for my skim arguing that survival of a city is probably more important than survival of a building you know which kind of ties to the whole um, resiliency thing of a city yeah where the people are the asset of the city obviously but it's not every house that needs to survive um right it's like does the water turn off? Is there power? Um, is transportation still reasonable? Um, so the the new the New York Times article, I believe, the one they're talking about is one that came out of a few years ago, and it pretty much added uh, fear to everyone's mind that lived in a seismic zone. Nice, I'm, good. I'm not sure. It, it doesn't sound like you're totally familiar with the article. Uh, I was working in Washington and Oregon when this article came out. This is like right after I graduated college, I believe. And we started getting phone calls like no other. It scared wow. people significantly. I mean, I would say a couple calls a day from people with houses wanting their house evaluated and retrofitted. That's crazy. Were you For doing retrofits at the months. time? Uh, of, of commercial structures, not of yeah. houses, but... Um, just constantly getting calls. The firm was about people getting their houses evaluated and retrofit. And it was just crazy that it was all easily linked to this New York Times article yeah. that just caused so much fear in people. You know, it 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 was definitely a big, a big, big article in all seismic regions um, that caused so much fear to strike into people. And uh, I, I think some of it's relevant. You know, the big thing in, in that region is attaching your your house to your foundation. Uh, <laughs> so it's good to do. I think around the same time Simpson came out with a methodology or uh, provisions in their catalog to attach your the whole house foundations. strap. Yeah, just wrap sure. around the whole thing, top to bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So interesting. I know. Um, so Salt Lake has this cool thing called Fix the Bricks, and there's a map of your city. So I can go in and look at my house and I'll say it's you know, green, red, or yellow. And it's it gives a probability of it falling down, roughly. 
and you can apply for a grant if you have a masonry home, you know, like a structural masonry, um, for up to 75% of a seismic retrofit. So I don't know wow. how many grants they're handing out. It sounds like not a ton, but it's pretty cool that they're providing this tool. I'm not sure where they're gathering the information to say your level of risk. I think it's, you know, the uh, county assessors, whatever they say your building construction is, and then they give you uh, how close you are to a fault line and some other things. Right. So your your house being built in the 18 late 1800s. 1896. Is your is your foundation rock and mortar? Uh, my foundation is loose rock, but what I learned from this report, most importantly, is that I'm going to be in a landslide. So, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, in fact, it might be better if my foundation comes loose, my house rolls downhill a little bit, uh, because yeah. I'll be out of the way of the landslide. Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah. how, what's the best way to evacuate from that? Do you need to like strap a boat to your roof? Well. There's no way to leave, uh, but luckily the chance of landslide is only twenty percent, which sounds huge. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. That, and uh, that's huge. There is a fault about. There's two faults. It splits at my house. It goes on the street above and the street below. So there's so cool. a fault within two hundred feet from my house. There's two faults within two hundred feet from my house in different directions. So is your house like super high seismic? <laughs> Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Do you think? I, I don't know. I've always wondered this. Of like, I've I've never owned a house, so I've never really been interested in it. But now that you've ripped out your floor, and maybe that's something we can talk about here too. Do you think it would be interesting to run a seismic, uh, some seismic loads on the house you're in? Shake table my floor. Shake um, table. I don't that. think it would be very interesting. I think the. Um, the likelihood of near collapse is high. Yeah, the thing is, a couple of people at work told me this while you were discussing this house. And I guess everyone knows that you know wood buildings perform well. Um, this one especially is probably not very stiff, so <laughs> I think it will, you know, not move with a high acceleration. It's a it's a floppy crooked house. But either way, there's a lot of redundancy in wood. You know, like you are relying on a ton of nailing. Um, We've got is, serious sheathing on this thing. Is your house attached to the foundation? Yeah. You got to no. call the Simpson rep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind if it slides off. That's I guess with your... For. your <laughs> hopefully you're not having a... Well, I, I wonder if your landslide would be induced by an earthquake. <laughs> yes, yes. That's that's what it is. It's, there's only a 20% chance of a landslide if there's an earthquake. Ah, uh, nice. You know, much smaller chance of an earthquake. Man, that's crazy. You got two fault lines in your backyard. Yeah, it's pretty cool to look at. Yeah, I guess my hope is that they'll slide on each side and and mine will somehow re remain isolated and completely still while mm -hmm. the rest of the city shakes. Yeah, There's still the landslide. Huh. Do you know the provisions in the code if you're building on top of a fault? Um, well, I know that you can't in some cases. Um, I think, right, you can't do... A risk category for building within some proximity to a fault. So Salt Lake, which is where you're in, moderate seismic, high seismic? I mean, you got a fault at your house, so. I, I'd say high seismic. I mean, That's most nice. things, our SDS is about one, and pretty much yes. everything falls in seismic design category C. Um, Do you think, so you went from a, a high region of wind loading to now a high seismic region. Yeah. 
maybe lower wind loading i'm guessing size yeah it's controlling simple, everything. it's comparable but it's much okay. but it doesn't control it's 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 i think 115 to 130 um but no one even knows or talks about it how much more exciting is it to design in seismic than wind that's pretty cool i think yes <laughs> i miss it so much Maybe I'm not as thrilled as you, but I mean, oh, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's more just, to it, which I like. I don't know. I think it can become so much more tricky and like the loading is real. You got real loads you're dealing with. I feel like a lot of times with wind, it's like these <laughs> like, loads. Eh, it's got a couple kips here, a couple kips there. And then you get into this high seismic and you've got like hundreds of kips here <laughs> and hundreds of kips there. And you're like, all right. That's, yeah, that's true. I, now, I don't know if you've been out there long enough. I've been wanting to ask, has as the clients you guys work with and you know, maybe this, you don't know this because you haven't been there long enough, but are they, uh, what's the best way to say it? Like aware, like, are they pretty good at knowing that you need a lot of structure for this earthquake stuff? Yes. Yes. Man. Uh, absolutely. Isn't yeah. that awesome? There's actually a developer, um, from Colorado working on a project out here. And I think they are going to be, um, uncomfortably surprised with the, difference in structure price here just based on what's required then you know from range colorado it's very close but very different oh yeah i i remember when i got out to colorado i had i was trying to lay out buildings as if they were in high seismic and wow was that an eye-opener yeah no uh, yeah i think <laughs> my first wood building i think we talked about this on a project but i wasn't i i wasn't i messed up my win loading calculations a little bit because wind loading never really governed in the northwest yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh i i said this one story wood building was governed by seismic <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, yeah not there that not there. that was not happening but you'll find i bet you'd find that maybe a little bit out there is get these one one story you know two-story buildings cladded in brick Let's be seismic, easily controlled. I think, from what I found, everything is. Yeah, I think uh, wind seems to almost be treated as Colorado treats seismic as like, if it's a really exceptionally for us heavy building, maybe we'll check. Or if it's here a really exceptionally light and broad building, maybe worth a check. But I mean, right? Yeah. It's the seismic force is five times what it is in Colorado, right? SDS is 0.2 there. So, <laughs> so. real loads. <laughs> Big difference. Yep. Hey, do you know if the, the firm you're working at has done any uh, wind tunnel testing? They have not, to my understanding. Okay. But wouldn't that be fun? I think that'd be really cool. Once, once you work on their next skyscraper, maybe you'll get the opportunity to do some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is just our kind of morning coffee talk. We're just chatting and stuff. But something I was thinking about leading up to this, and I'm sure people are going to have comments on how we should do this better within structural engineering. I was just, this is just a thought, I, a question I had. What would you say is your like goal? Like, do you have a, a, a sp- specific structure as a goal? A specific? Ooh. Now you're in high seismic. Is that something you want to stick to? Do you want to be a principal of a firm? You know. I guess, you know, is there certain projects you want to work on the rest of your career? I don't I don't know. what. What's some, like, structural engineering goals you have? 
I think I'd like to do at least one sort of marquee structure where people sort of recognize it as something different. Either the firm I'm with has done many of them, which is helpful. But, you know, a building where if you would just talk to someone down the road, and you say, oh, you know, this building here, they're like, wow, that's that's a pretty cool building. Not just, oh, a new office building. Yeah, I work in an office. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably the most uh, specific one. And with where you're at now, that's probably a short-term goal. Yeah. <laughs> You'll probably get to work yeah. on one of those sooner than later. Exactly, yeah. From a uh, lower-level goal, I think, is I like to be able to bring in enough projects to pay my own salary. It's like uh, I have very you know, very few clients. It's not, that's not our role essentially, but I have one who typically pays enough to pay my salary. I like that as like in my head as a, as a baseline. Job security. That's right. I like that goal. Yeah. Those are two good ones. What do you got? Well, I think you can guess mine. I really want to get back to high seismic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to, I don't know. I, to me, I want to be challenged as, 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 you know, to the limit of, of being challenged. So I don't know the uh, interviewing it's with Taylor. Very windy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But wind wind doesn't have their own books on ductility, you know, yeah, I still building. There's a whole book just for earthquakes. <laughs> and, well, they're still working on the wind one. That's why. Yeah. They're working on the wind one. I totally, but uh, I think the, I don't know. Seismic engineering is such on a, like a, a kind of a leading edge of all, you know, of testing and, and research and all, you know, all that kind of stuff and things you have to really think through. Like I discussed once with a PM I was working under about uh, brace frames and the brace itself. And we're just doing special concentric brace frame mm-hmm. um, and talking. Should the, should the brace be a, a, a pipe or should the brace be a, an HSS? And, discussing how they how those are created and the seam that's in the shape and uh you know there's research that was done um discussing which one is more ductile because of the 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 how the joint was formed in the hss or the pipe you know and like thinking to that level of okay by code both of these meet it but let's think a little further which one will be better for the system yeah that's pretty in, nice. in wind you're not thinking that but in high seismic you're like okay if this if this pipe or this tube opens up at the 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 cold joint or you know the roll joint or you know whatever, that could cause an issue that isn't currently codified. So, th- getting to think on that level, I I really miss. And then <clears throat> like sitting, you know, our chat with Taylor Devices got me really excited to to drive to do a, a damping system one day. I honestly. I understand how it works. I think it'd be a challenge to do one on my own. I think I definitely need someone to mentor me on on how to do that. And <laughs> the, you know, if you've never done it, it's going to take forever, and you're not going to know how to do it very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd probably be a project. You know, Taylor would probably step in and help with for a while. Um, Taylor Devices, that is, depending. But I don't know. I think doing a a uh, base isolated structure a or a damping structure whether that's with viscous fluid dampers or like a mass tune damper i'm not sure but i think that's some of the coolest engineering in the world yeah the firm i'm with now actually has some roots in um base isolation systems the founding principal has some patents in that field and has 
<laughs> I don't think uh, has had the opportunity to do a lot of the projects, but I know he did the first one in the country. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. When I was in college, I was reading about how the Seattle Seahawks stadium's roof is base isolated to the rest of the building. Whoa. So they have this they have this big bearing in there and like they're they're currently attached during a seismic event the concrete shears and then the roof acts separately from the rest of the structure and i just to have the opportunity to talk to these engineers that come up with these would be awesome but to work for them would just be another another level and absolutely and i've heard you know working at these firms that do this stuff it you know it probably takes majority of your career to get to that level of making these decisions and you know you're probably sitting at a computer all day every day to to run all this and to get that kind of gut feel and understanding on how to, but I, yeah, I don't know. To me, I think it'd be so, so cool to do one of those structures that are, you know, in the structural magazine or. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you're saying, time-wise it takes a lot of career. I think there's, there's no rush in that you no. need to have just such a background in construction and a feel for how things should be mm-hmm. you know maybe in 20 years you're, you're probably less technical than the new guys coming out that can use the software better and you might not be doing the analysis as heavily but um yeah having that background in the industry is way more important for these larger projects yep so yeah that's what i'm hoping to I guess career-wise go. Um, I've heard though, and I, we've interviewed some people that talked about skyscrapers, and they said uh, most most uh, structural engineers are kind of one and done on skyscrapers. <laughs> so I'd like yeah, the opportunity that. to be one and done. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to just be done, but I think it would be hard to get. You know, there's not we don't we're not putting up skyscrapers all day every day. How so. tall does it need to be? What are you talking about here? Um, I'm thinking 60 plus stories. Ooh, I yeah. want to go out outside the wind provisions of, and, you know, seismic provisions of, of code, you know, above that 200, is it 50, 250 feet for a lot of wind codes kind of stop. Yeah. So I want to go through a skyscraper that's got kind of funky geometry. You have to go wind tunnel testing. And then that is uh, performance based seismic design. That's the goal. Specific. The next 20 years. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, you can always design it. At home? Yeah. No one's building it. I guess I'm still working on that wind tunnel in my garage. So, <laughs> Well, that's step one. I need to make it a little bigger. Yeah, yeah. A lot more sensors. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us this week in our coffee chat. I, I feel like it went pretty good. I don't know. Let us know what you guys think. We kind of just sat down and started talking structural engineering and kind of some fun things. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Max? You like this? I think it's all right. Yeah, I think we could try it a couple more and see how it goes. <laughs> just kind of is more or less what we talk about when we're not recording a podcast right. sometimes, you know. If we lose subscribers, we'll take it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be like, what the heck? Anyways, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.